Hello and welcome to the 112th and final FIS Freight and Commodity Podcast this year on Wednesday, 14th December. I'm Mopani and I'm your host, here to bring you your guests who update you on the commodity complex. You can also stay up to date with our daily commentary and weekly analysis on everything going on by signing up for our app FIS Live. And you can also follow our Twitter page at Freight Investor or find us on LinkedIn. Next year, we plan on refreshing our podcast with more regular content, guests, and theme-styled episodes. If you'd like to give us some ideas, suggestions, and feedback, please message us or email us at news at freightinvestor.com. For our final episode this year, before we break off for the festive holiday period, we're going to put even more focus on ammonia, as there have been some new developments since we introduced it in a previous episode around a month ago. If you want to hear our introduction to what ammonia is and what this means for the industry, make sure to check it out uh, or check out our episode 109 released November 2nd on iTunes, Spotify or the SoundCloud plugin on our website. So we had a conversation with uh, Kieran Walsh, our senior broker, just about a month ago. Uh, about ammonia. Since then, there's been some big news and developments, and Kieran is back to talk to us about what's been happening. Welcome back, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just to kick us off, so uh, could you tell us what's what are these new developments since you were last year, and just tell us a bit about what's happening. So the the big um, bombshell, I suppose, is we finally have a launch date for the ICE Northwest Europe grey ammonia contract. So it's a cash settled future uh, based on the Argus Northwest Europe index. And um, I mean, frankly, it's a, it's a game changer for um, the ammonia market and, and participants in it. I know you attended the Argus Clean Ammonia Conference at the end of November and I watched your panel discussion, enjoyed it. Um, you gave us some valuable information, and I thought let's get you back on here to talk to us a bit more about that. So I guess for those who haven't seen it and would like to, just remember to check it out on our LinkedIn page and various Argos LinkedIn pages. They've got a few. Uh, but Kieran, could you tell us or our listeners what you were doing there and what the event's purpose was? Um, so I, I was invited to speak on the panel. So it was the Argus Clean Ammonia Conference in Hamburg um, at the end of November, so the 28th, I think it was. Um, and it was, I guess, um, a series, uh, an industry conference to discuss the developments in the market. And a chief amongst these was um, the announcement of ICE of their of their contract. I was there to speak on a panel to discuss liquidity in that contract and how people can access it. Um and yeah, as as you kindly mentioned, yeah, that's that video is available online. So Argus invited me to to speak on that. And obviously I was there to represent FIS and amongst ammonia market participants and, and get the edging. I was gonna ask you what your objective was, you've partly mentioned Apart from representing FIS, were there any other goals you were hoping for when you were going there? Yeah, well, I suppose it was uh, networking, raising awareness of of the kind of ability to hedge in a kind of um, within a credible risk framework on on a listed exchange. Um, so yes, awareness raising, new business, and and obviously um, to discuss how the contract will be traded. 
and you look like what well, we look like we're collaborating with ice on that um are we working with them and if yes how are we what does that look like well we're, we're a, obviously we're a broker so we're providing liquidity um on their contract in the market and obviously collaborating with them and argus to um give people access to this he- really useful hedging tool when it launches yeah. will we offer something for our clients our customers our listeners yeah we'll offer market leading liquidity in it so i think we're probably um well best place or very well placed to um offer the most comprehensive liquidity in this um cash sales futures market and just to be more specific because of course we've got a wide range of listeners who aren't not everyone are or is our customer uh, what do you mean specifically by market liquidity, offering market liquidity? So the the most competitive bids and offers in the market and, and um, the price that's closest to fair value. You also mentioned something interesting. I saw a grey ammonia uh, there. W- uh, w- specifically, what do you mean when you say grey ammonia? Well, the, the basis of the contract is grey ammonia, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the... Um, Argus assessed price the, the way the contract is settled. It's um, it settled on the Argus assessed Northwest Europe grey ammonia um, cash price, and um, the the cash flows, well, basically the the price of the future is is uh, determined by that. Grey ammonia is the sort of baseline ammonia that industry uses um, predominantly at the moment. Obviously, you have uh, green and blue ammonia, which are um, uh, we'll trade it a premium or a discount to the the kind of the base basic grey, but it's it's the the industry baseline for it. So blues created in a slightly different way um, from mostly from gas offtake with a carbon capture. Uh, green is created a different way as well, which is um, with renewable energy and electrolysis. So. Um, grey typically um, will trade at a discount to green or blue, but that that can vary. Sometimes um, the subsidies in place mean that it will trade at a premium to them. But as a kind of uh, baseline for, for market participants to price off, it's the most convenient um, and and best sort of um, yeah uh, foundation for for a contract like this and something i also saw you've mentioned a few times in the last few weeks is we've invested a lot in it what did you mean by that and how well i suppose in terms of time um effort building the market um meeting people traveling um and getting traction within the market so there's there's that um we obviously have um three people who three employees who are committed to it as as part of their their remit um and that's likely to increase um and yeah a great deal great deal of effort so just i mean obviously you know there's a financial commitment but also time effort and and have been um active in inverted commas in this market um since since march another thing you mentioned as you can see i researched you a lot um you said you had a forward curve how can people have access, or do we have access to that? We send that to our clients daily, so it's it's where we kind of see the market, and um, 
where we kind of are pricing it people are already kind of using that to make investment decisions in in infrastructure um and obviously we, we kind of welcome feedback on it but um it's a f- our um clients who are, are sort of signed up with us will would see that on a daily basis in in their chats and, and emails um and yeah please get in touch if if you're keen to see it you see i write a lot uh our weekly analysis on oil and i'm constantly looking at alternative fuel and one of the things that lacks when we look at things like lng hydrogen uh biofuels and ammonia when it comes to fuel oil is data um so i mean eg market share for fuel oil so will we get a data available soon on how much is being used or what percentage of ships are using it and what it looks like in that aspect? I suppose from a, from a vessel perspective, um, yes. Uh, I guess that, that's probably maybe 12 months away. In terms of kind of global production and consumption, um, I guess well, that's, that's widely available. It's about 200 million tonnes at the moment and, and increasing exponentially sort of year on year. Um, about 10% of that is uh, seaborne. Um, but but yes, um, I guess it, yeah, you'll see it as as a part of the the energy mix in not only vessel, you know, marine fuel, but also utilities and um, yeah, hydrogen and so on. So yes, um, in a word, yes, but probably you know not immediately. You did mention a bit about blue and green uh, yeah. ammonia or carb, sorry, uh, ammonia or carbon, but. In your conference, you did say about it working with blue and green carbon. What does that look like? Um, well, I don't know. Maybe I perhaps misspoke there slightly, but um, I, I guess blue blue ammonia, obviously, as I mentioned, is normally gas offtake with carbon capture. So hence you see the oil majors, um, most notably, I guess, Aramco and, and BP in recent weeks um, being very uh, prolific in, in terms of... Um, adding value to their their gas production so as as part of that um you can create ammonia um and i guess there's um there will be a kind of like a a carbon element within the pricing of blue or green so the effectively a a carbon credit generated but that that depends on the jurisdiction or, or kind of government subsidy involved and lastly what should people look forward to on top of everything you've mentioned for 2023 in terms of ammonia and FIS? We are the, the sort of um, go-to shop for prices on, on the futures. Um, and again, expect us to, to sort of show you the best prices, the best forward curves. And, um, and if you want something done, we'll get it done for you. Fantastic. Always a pleasure, Kieran. Thank you for being here. Likewise, Mo. Thanks very much. So we've got here Kerry Dill, our Head of Business Development, to give us an update on what's been happening in the freight and FFA markets as always. Thanks a lot, Mo. The Cape-sized vessels have had a surprisingly good run. They've been lifted on the physical market by generally improving sentiment, I would say off the back of those easing Chinese COVID restrictions. Those are finally starting to drive up expectations, if only slightly. 
We also see an early Chinese New Year, which falls on the 22nd of Jan next year. That should be helping things along, because what we're going to see is the Chinese mills beginning their restocking cycle around now. That should drive up demand for seaborne iron ore imports. Although rates in the Pacific have been slipping a touch with a plentiful supply of tonnage, seeing the West Australia to China C5 iron ore route dropping to trade around that $8 mark per metric ton, the North Atlantic is looking much, much stronger. That's down to the reintroduction of INL limits for the St. Lawrence River and on the 21st of deck for the Gulf of St. Lawrence, seeing a premium paid to vessels willing to breach those limits. A late deck cargo loading uh, Port Cartier to Kakagawa was heard paid at equivalent 32000 per day. That's going to drive up that index. That already has driven up that front hull index. Brazil has been fairly well supported with more cargo coming out of West Africa as well, and that's giving that C3 a boost. On the paper, we've seen an even stronger push in the past week than on physical, with the January 5TC paper gaining over $2,500 since the fifth deck lows to trade at 9750 value this morning on FIS Live. The Q1 has also been lifting uh, up on heavy trading volume, I would say, uh, with another $2,500 gain seen valued at $9,025 this morning on FIS Live. Hmm, interesting. So why is the paper rising faster than the physical? You know, I think that's because of short covering. Um, And the tip here for us is that very heavy trading volume we're seeing, especially on the January and the Q1. The market had gotten a bit too short. We saw a lot of people selling that Q1 even at $6,000 levels. Uh, That's obviously looking a lot less likely with the uh, 5TC index sitting at over $14,000 in mid-December. And again, those Chinese mills likely to restock a bit in the lead up to Chinese New Year in late January. The Panamaxes have seen a boost too, though, with spot rates rising last week to uh, to see the 5TC average hit a high of almost $15,000 before drifting off a touch towards the weekend and early this week. The gains have been driven on the Panamax predominantly by stronger TA and front haul rates, with the North Atlantic looking active, consistent gains seen there, especially for spot front haul inquiry out, out of the U.S. Gulf. There is a bit more tonnage available for East Coast South America. This has been a bit more static, and the Pacific looks a lot sleepier. More tonnage has come into the market. That's seen owners offering down to 12000 or below in some cases for the Pacific Round voyages. We see limited fresh cargo coming out of the NOPAC region while Australia. It is a bit busier, but probably not enough to swing the needle right at this time. The Panamax paper has been pretty resilient as well, and despite that physical spot index stalling out a bit in the last couple of days, buying interest has remained, with January 4TC paper moving up to 13150 value today on FIS Live, that Q1 trading around 12825 value on FIS Live this morning. So are we seeing any physical effect uh, yet uh, as of China's lifting of their COVID, COVID restrictions? I mean, the short answer is probably not. I think it's affecting sentiment. Um, I do think that the rising number of cases in China as they ease those restrictions is probably going to cause them some issues throughout the winter. But I do think people can be a lot more optimistic about next spring with the easing of those COVID restrictions. You don't think it will be a seesaw effect like it has been the last year? I'm not going to be the one to put my neck out and say (laughs) say it's not. Um, I think this winter we could probably see a seesaw effect. I think that by next spring, fingers crossed, you know, it seems like the Chinese government is committed to to lifting more of these restrictions and at least try to get back to some normalcy maybe next spring, next summer. Mm, Definitely give you a shout out if that's correct. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Thanks a lot. Uh, Thanks, Kerry, as always. Thanks, Bo. That's it for the week, folks. 
Thank you to all our followers for your support this year. We look forward to giving you an even better service next year. A better refreshed service, if I may. And uh, if you want to stay up to date with everything happening in the freight and commodity space while waiting for that refreshed podcast, remember to sign up for our app FIS Live or follow us on Twitter at Freight Investor or find us on LinkedIn. And remember to drop us a message or feedback. Email us at news at freightinvestor.com. That's it. You've been hearing for more. Enjoy your holiday festive period and see you next year.